Ruthie, host of Out There, here on Valley Free Radio. Tune in for stories from the streets and paths of Northampton and beyond, Fridays from 4 to 5 p.m. Get out if you can, but if you can't get out, tune in. We don't care if we live out of state. We don't care if we live a bit late. Gonna make a sin every menu on my rocky bicycle bed. And yes, it is Friday, September 22nd, says the calendar. I'm here in the studio with my live self mouth. For today's show, I have, according to my clip labels, they say Katie Scraping Stickers, three minutes, Sandy Expandable, three minutes, Stories of Bobcat, 13 minutes, Stories of Hospitality, the second five, and asking, uh, uh, we'll call him Jim, to leave, that's three. And then I might have some clips from me and Casey talking about uh, food and gleaning food around town. Do I have any stories? I have, I'm on time. I have no excuses for being late. I wasn't late. So what story is there there? Well, here, we'll just start with a little three-minute clip of Katie. Uh, Yeah. So it's Saturday, September 16th, 2023, Saturday morning. I'm in downtown Northampton. And I've noticed some people are out here with scrapers and uh, other people, like me, with some paint. I'm Katie Coleman. And what are you doing out here this morning? So I am uh, scraping stickers off of the public property, the parking signs, the mailboxes, and I'm using a lot of uh, goop spray because uh, they're very difficult to get off. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How did you get involved with this? So I'm on the list, sir. I'm a member of Northampton Neighbors. And we have a a very amazing woman who is the administrator. She sent an email around. It was probably yesterday or the day before um, notifying us about this activity. And um, so I live right downtown and I, um, I, I like to be a part. I've moved here seven years ago and I, I like to be involved and be a part of um, to make improvements in any way I can. Have you been a sticker scraper all your life? I have. This is my first time. So yeah, there's always a first time as getting a sticker scrape. I, I don't think that's a, that's um, I think that's I I don't think I can put say that fast. Sticker <laughs> scraper, sticker scraper. <laughs> um, well, thanks. I ran into someone else down the street who was scraping stickers and sanding paint off of the recycling bins which I do pedal people and one of the jobs that we do is empty the trash and recycling bins here downtown and so I actually I appreciate some of the some of my less favorite stickers being removed from the recycling bins (laughs) Um, well thanks for coming out can I just ask you why it was anything more about why it's important to you or why you felt like you wanted to spend your time here this morning? Well, I do also have some concerns about Northampton. Um, and it was, it's been difficult after, through COVID and post-COVID, and there are a lot of storefronts that are vacant still. And um, I just think I want to, I'd like to try to help um, keep 
revitalize uh, the city if it's possible, you know, in any way I can, yeah. Besides just supporting, you know, the businesses here. But, um, you know, it's it's a little sad to see some things that have are missed gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, Katie. Okay. Thanks for All right. <laughs> Katie Coleman connected with the Northampton neighbors. That was from last Saturday. And then some other people came through last Saturday or since then after the sticker scrapers came and the painters came and painted a bunch of the recycling bins and maybe other things downtown. Uh, next, how about an expandable brass band clip? Sunday, September 17th, 2023. I'm out at the Trinity Row here with Sandy Ward from Holyoke. And what instrument do you play? Miscellaneous percussion. So sometimes the tambourine and clave and sometimes finger cymbals, which are brass, which makes me legitimate in a brass band. <laughs> and part of the expandable brass band. How did you get involved? Um, we went to a farmer's market one day and a trumpet player who was there invited my husband, who's a trumpet player, to join this band. And he said, well, my wife plays drums, could she come? And he said, sure. So uh -huh. that's how they expand. Uh, is your husband still part of it? Yes, he plays trumpet. Okay, He's okay. just walking over the car right now. Okay. And uh, so a lot of friends have joined, and over the years it's been a lot of fun. It's a leaderless band trying to operate by democratic principles or sometimes anarchy. Uh -huh. And uh, we put on the website, expandablebrass.com, uh, we post where our rehearsals are going to be at times you know, when we're open to new members and you can just show up and join us. Are you looking for new members now? Um, not specifically, but we're always open. Yeah. Yeah. If the right one comes along. <laughs> well, people can just come and try us out. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be at the Big Honk Festival in Somerville on October 7th. So right now we're in serious or rehearsing, preparing for that. Uh-huh. I hear you often here in Trinity Row on Sunday afternoons. Is this like a regular summer practice spot? It's a, it's a regular spot. We're here when we don't have gigs, yeah. you know, elsewhere. Okay. And uh, the time, midday, or at the moment we've settled into the 1.30 to 3.30 time slot, uh -huh. but that's subject to change. Check our website. But where might people find you at gigs coming up? Um, we'll be briefly at the Northampton uh, Jazz Fest in the beginning of it. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of another one. We'll be up in Northfield for the 350th parade. That's kind of a long ways away. Um, watch our website and see what the other gigs are. And what keeps you coming back? Um, it's a lot of fun. 
the first time that I went on a gig when I was not prepared, didn't really know a lot of this type of music, um, it was just so much fun to be parading in the streets of Somerville with this group. It, we all wear different costumes, and I felt like I'd run away and join the circus. <laughs> so I decided I should continue. Sweet. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I always I love hearing the music around town. I love hearing the music. Sandy Ward from the Expandable Brass Band, rehearsing in Trinity Row. Trinity Row, that's a little triangle park uh, right near in Florence as you're coming into town from Northampton by South Main and, uh, and uh, Route 9. You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. And Sandy mentioned the Northampton Jazz Festival, which is next weekend, September 29th, 30th, sometime in there. And next on Out There, we have, I guess we'll go to me and my, my rant of the day. Increasing wages continue to mean that nothing's worth fixing. Things are even less worth fixing. So increasing wages, if they only happen in this country and not in China and other countries where things are manufactured, then it, well, it's great for capitalism. Increasing wages means more buying power and more disposability. Unfortunately, I think it's all driven by the lack of affordable housing. Okay, that was not that was some that was some thoughts that were incubating that I spat out into the recorder. But what prompted that whole series of thoughts was I was doing my pedal people route and I rode down a street and there was a the wheelbarrow the barrel part of the box part of a wheelbarrow that was sitting in the yard with no handles or wheel. And in other places I see wheelbarrows that have a rusted out box and um, but the handles and the wheel are good. And when I think about all these wheelbarrows around town that one part's broken but the other part's good and, and how they could be mixed and matched and fixed, but who's going to spend the time to try and find the the part that they don't need, I mean the, to find the part they need that someone else might have when you could just buy another one. And it's so relatively cheap based on um, wages in this country to just buy another one. So many stories that keep piling up. I got to start telling them before I forget them. So yesterday I was working here at Cancer Cancer and one of the secret perks of Cancer Cancer is that we often are able to grab bicycles when people are throwing them away before they throw them into scrap metal it's still a secret I can tell my secrets on out there because I don't think anybody listens <laughs> um, I know you're not supposed to say that kind of thing on the air but anyway um, that's the other secret but I think that well anyway so that's one of the perks sometimes we get bikes and yesterday when my coworker had saved a bike there was nothing it was like it was a mongoose mountain bike, suspension mountain bike. It was like a Walmart. It was like a high end of the Walmart mongooses. And, but it was rideable. All I had to do was pump up the tires. And I think I forgot to oil the chain. So I have more bikes than I need at the bike lab. And I really don't want to 
uh, collect like department store bikes, but they're rideable and you know they should be ridden or scrapped for parts at least or something. They should be ridden until they can't anymore. And so sometimes with those bikes, I'll just take them back. I'll fix them up till they're rideable and then take them back into town with me and drop them at the skate park or under the South Street Bridge on the rail trail there with a free sign or different places around town with free signs on them. And usually, you know, they the next time I go by that place, they're usually gone. They're always gone, pretty much, if they're a rideable bike. So yesterday, just yesterday, I had taken that mongoose and put it underneath the South Street Bridge with a free sign. That was yesterday afternoon. And then today I'm riding to Valley Recycling to Cancer Cancer to do the noon to three shift. And I'm riding up West Street and there's a guy on a bike on the sidewalk heading towards the hill to go up like Village Hill. And he's like a young guy with a backpack. Um, and I caught up to him. I was turning off, I was turning left. But I looked over to make eye contact just to say for friendly hi. And then I realized, wait, he's riding that white and orange mongoose. <laughs> and I said, as I was turning away, I was like, hey, you got the bike. And I gave him a thumbs up, nice. And he said, his, he broke out this big smile as he was pedaling along and he said, you left it? Well, thank you, thank you so much, thank you. <laughs> It was a satisfying moment to see a bicycle loved, appreciated, and used. Other stories, I guess I'll have to continue with the story of Bobcat Bob, so... <laughs> which may not be his real name. <laughs> so, day before yesterday... Uh, what today? Today is Wednesday when I'm recording this. Day before yesterday, that would have been Monday. Monday, Monday afternoon, evening, the people being drunk on the bike path, rail trail, bench, and picnic table was just going on and on too much. And it had been too loud with, with the two, with Bobcat and the other guy. Too loud, too long. And at night, at night, keeping people awake at night, us, maybe neighbors, then... And in their drunkenness, they've been saying inappropriate things, making friends of ours uncomfortable, and just inappropriately threatening things. So I laid into them Monday afternoon. One of them was like, I have never said anything threatening. And I was like, you don't know what you're saying when you're messed up. Anyway, so I really tried to make it very clear they were not Welcome to hang out under the influence. So last week when I talked about Bobcat, he I mentioned he was he just turned 63, 63 year old veteran, Marine veteran, and he, he said he became homeless when well due to fire a few months ago I think, and he gets thirty six hundred dollars a month full full disability veterans benefits, but um. You know, it's hard to find housing when you're loud and drunk. So we laid into him Monday afternoon 
being like, y'all, you got to give us some space. Give the bench some space. Don't be here, like, all the time, and don't be loud, and don't be drinking yourselves insane here, and keeping us awake and barking all night long. Because that's what Bob says he does. He says he barks to keep off the evil spirits, and he's a protector and a guard dog. So, sure enough, Monday night, it was quiet. Neither of the guys was there. And Tuesday morning, when I left, like at 7.30 or 8, 8.30, Bob was back on the bench, and I said, Hey, thanks for giving us some peace and quiet last night. And he said, Yeah, well, I spent the night in the hospital because I had a seizure. I was just like, Oh, man. So that was... When is that? Tuesday morning? Oh, my days are all messed up. Today is Thursday. So that was, that was Wednesday, that was yesterday morning. Yeah, so yesterday morning. All this happened like, yeah, so they didn't stay there Tuesday night. And then Wednesday morning, he told me he had spent the night in the hospital with a seizure. And yesterday, they gave the bench a little space. And one night, I was gone all day. And then last night, Wednesday night, not too late. It was only like nine, maybe. But it was dark. It had been dark for an hour and a half or two. And I was in the kitchen, just getting ready for bed. And I hear a bunch of, I hear some yelling out on the bike path, the rail trail, through the closed windows. It was a chilly out, so I had the windows closed. And I get some clothes and go out there. As I make my way out the door, I recognize uh, John, we'll call him John. John's voice, another neighbor who hangs out with him sometimes, but is housed with his family. Um, and Bobcat, they're not right at the bench, but they're about 20 yards up the path. And they're both drunk, and it's just their voices in the dark. And John's showing Bob some brotherly love. He's like, he's like, oh, it hurts me to see you, to see you like this. Oh, you just need a safe place to stay. You've done so much for this country, and and now it's like, you're just like, you're just out like this. It breaks my heart. You know, come on, let me let me help you get to the bench so you can just have a safe place to sleep tonight. And Bob says. I can't go there. And John says, why, why not? And I couldn't hear what Bob said. I was hiding in the shadows listening. And Bob said, yeah, I should just go back to the woods where I belong. And um, John just said a lot, of more, a lot more supportive things and gave him a cigarette. And then I, eventually John was like, here, let me help you stand up. Here, hold, get on my back. Oh, your legs are giving out? Uh, come on, can you get on my back? And that was when I... And that was when I came out of the shadows and I was like, Hey, do you need a hand? And so John had Bobcat under one arm and I had him under the other arm and we walked him to the bike path bench. <laughs> Sat him down in the chair. And uh, Bob wasn't as sober as he... Wasn't as drunk as he had been before. But he was wearing shorts. He had on like a jacket and shorts. And I said, do you have long pants or a blanket or anything? And he said, no, I just have this little bag. And I was like, do you need a 
blanket? He said, yeah, that would be great. It's getting really cold. So I went to the garage and I got a, a blanket for him and I told him, don't tell my housemates I give you this blanket or they'll think I'm a soft-hearted enabler or something. He said, I understand. So actually yesterday, yesterday, this all happened yesterday evening, and yesterday afternoon, after I left Cancer Cancer, I thought, oh, let me stop by the Division of Community Care that recently opened a couple weeks ago, and because they're right on my way home, and see if I explain the situation to them if they have any suggestions or thoughts about how to deal deal with it. And so, unfortunately, it was like 10 till 4 when I stopped in and they were getting ready to close, which I thought they were open until 4.30, but it seemed like they were wrapping up at 4. So, it wasn't the best timing, and I think the person I talked to, um, I, I think a young, new hire, they're all new hires, <laughs> Uh, she essentially said, well, if they're there being drunk and loud and disturbing people in the, during the hours that were open, 8.30 to 4.30, feel free to call us and we'll send someone out. And if we tell them to leave, typically people respect us. Even though we're not like armed police, they generally respect our authority. And she said, also, you could... If they, if, if either of them denies that their behavior is inappropriate or threatening or whatever, you could record them and then play it back for them when they're uh, sober. Which I thought was a good idea. But the first part was like, wait, no, I, I'm not, I'm not looking for this big power. You know, I'm not looking for a power figure to come and say you got to leave. We have more authority than they do. You just have to leave. What I'm looking for is like, like what do these guys need? Like Bob, does he need to go into a detox? Would he be willing to do that? Do you have someone here who could talk with him and connect him with a detox if that's what he wants? Uh, yeah, I guess I just wanted more support with sobriety and housing and, and things like that. I might try again another, another day to go by the Division of Community Care and see if I get a different person at a different time of day. You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. I'm your host, Ruthie. Uh, uh, the story continues. The story continues for another, gosh, I think I've got eight more minutes of um, that and you'll get to hear from the other guy himself last night when I came home from my travels this is Valley Free Radio WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton thanks for listening and Out There continues here's something else that's been on my mind a little bit lately so sometimes I feel like I sort of have my head in the sand when it comes to news and information. I am not a regular consumer, listener, reader of 
regular news. I catch a lot of stuff, just like word of mouth, flyers, signs, what I overhear when I'm passing through other people's houses or apartments. It's on the radio or TV. Uh, and I read a bit when I'm emptying customers' paper recycling. I read newspaper headlines and things like that. And then I read things online that friends send to me. But I don't have any sort of regular in effort to pay attention to news. Not really local, national, or global. So I think the biggest reason for that is that it feels like the way news is presented, it's really overwhelming. It's not good for my mental health. It's really not. It's so dramatized and it's so serious. But the thing is, you know, serious things happen in life. Like, you know, like like Bobcat. He's this U.S. Marine, former Marine. He's in dire straits. He's has, you know, dealing with homelessness like many, many people are. You call it houselessness. You call it homelessness. You know, it's... When you feel unwanted and like you don't belong anywhere, I'd call that homelessness. So it's these you know, serious issues. and But on a personal level, things are so funny and bizarre. <laughs> They're so funny. Like, there's so much humor in, when it's like a personal level, but when it's in the news. Like the news, the news isn't presented in a funny way. The news doesn't say how John's telling... Bobcat last night, John's telling him, you gotta sober up, man. You gotta go to the VA. Hey, hey, Ruthie, if he sobered up, could he stay in your house? I'm like, uh, no. And John says, no, but really, like, if he was actually, actually sober. And I was like, uh, no. And John says, like, not even if he was sober? It took three tries before I could even get to the point of imagining Bobcat to possibly even be sober. And I said, well, I don't think it would work with my housemates, but we would consider it. And John turns to Bobcat and he says, man, sobriety is your key to home living. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, that's a quotable. John, that's a quotable. And he said, a little drunk he said I just came up with it on the fly <laughs> all right I'm going to I guess it's time for a song I meant to play a song between the last clip but I forgot to so here's some Roger Miller well the moon is high and so am I the stars are out and so will I be presumed Come the dawn and it will 
the stars are out and so will I be pretty soon I can tell you're mad at me cause there you stand telling me you would And I say no you can't go I love you so much I can't let you get away But come the dawn and it will dawn on me you're gone Love don't leave me Don't leave me laying here This ground is cold and chilly Really Don't leave your charming Billy Way out here You hear? Well, the moon is high And so am I The stars are out And so will I be for soon But come the dawn And it will dawn on me You're gone And speaking of the moon the moon, the next full moon will be on Friday, September 29th at 5.57 a.m. That is a week from today. Now, going back to that clip here on out there. And that's all the news from the bike path bench today. Thursday was about one state and one state only at the Big E. With Governor Moore Healy, Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll, and several state legislators at the fairgrounds, thousands from near and far celebrated Massachusetts Day. Witnessing this is how I get some of my news in the hospital with the hospital TV. Well, it's another Thursday night before my Friday radio show that I thought I was going to work on my show. But alas, I'm spending it in the emergency department of Cooley Dickinson with my friend who, my friend with cancer who has an infection in his GI tube. Yuck. I'm his healthcare proxy and I asked him tonight, is there anything I should know as your proxy? And he wrote me back because he can't talk because he has a tracheostomy. He wrote me back and he said, just listen to what they say. Coming out of my backyard right now to go back to the hospital. Bobcat Bob was rolled up in a blanket next to the bench. Quiet. Long as he's quiet, let sleeping dogs lie. Once upon a time, when I was living in Chicago with a Catholic worker, one night, late one night, around midnight, everyone else was asleep. Um, all right, listeners, I started to tell that story as a recorded clip, but I ran out of time at that time, so I thought I would tell it here on the air, I guess. So when I am telling about the bike path, bench our guests wanted or unwanted and our challenges with them and the neighbors challenges with them uh some people might wonder well you know you could always call the police and uh so this little story about when I was living in Chicago with a Catholic worker that one night everyone else was asleep and we had a it was a big house with a front porch that sometimes people would sleep on. And we had had a similar situation going on there where people had been sleeping on the front porch and people had been a little loud. And the neighbors in the condo next door had kind of had enough and were really asking us to, you know, not let people sleep on the porch. 
and that kind of thing. And so even though the Catholic worker as a pacifist house had an uh, unwritten policy against calling the police, we were also at this time pretty concerned about the neighbor's ability to shut us down. Uh, and our mission was hospitality. It was a house with about, there were about 15 people that lived there. And the, and the whole mission was like, was a place for single adults who were living on the street to have a, a place to, to be, a safe, welcoming place to be as long as they were sober. Uh, but that night, there was a man sleeping on the porch that we had asked to leave repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. He was kind of passed out drunk. And I took it upon myself to enforce that no one should be sleeping on the porch. Well, and I called the police. I should have woken up my other, like, co-workers there, but I don't know. I called the police. Chicago Police Department. They came in a car, two officers with, you know, two large, stout men with bulletproof vests on, jumped out of the car, dragged the man off the porch, down the steps, proceeded to kick, punch, and throw him against a wrought iron fence while I was standing there screaming, you're hurting him, you're hurting him, stop, you're hurting him. And uh, they eventually dragged him and stuffed him into the squad car and drove away. Um, of course, I felt guilty, and the next morning, I, you know, I think my housemates had all slept through it, and uh, the next morning, I t told them, and, you know, went down to the police station to file a complaint, and a couple of the officers agreed to meet with us at our house, and we said, yeah, we can, we'd like to meet with you at our house, but you can't come in the house with weapons it's a nonviolent house and no weapons are allowed inside the house so i think i think a couple of officers came in and sat down at our kitchen table with us um and we had a conversation i don't know if anything ever changed when i saw the the guy who they had beaten up who you know was a regular that i knew he was uh, pretty bruised i don't well, yeah, well, I was going to say, I don't think anything was broken. Does that even matter? Yeah, it was intense. So anyway, if I can resolve a situation with people who aren't threatening me, or who aren't like, I should say they're not realistically threatening me, even if they are threatening me, if I can resolve a situation with my own authority, that's my first choice. Um, all right, so here is the next clip from last night. The saga continues. This is so, you, so you hang claim on, that so, you're so I went to the hospital, visited my friend, then I came back home. Now it's like, well, it was like 9 o'clock, 8.30, 8.45, 9 o'clock at night at this point. And I come back, I ride back to my house, and, the, and it's dark, and I hear Bobcat and the other guy barking up a storm, cussing and fussing and yelling. and I mean, not like they weren't fighting. They were just being very loud and vulgar and I so this is the other guy this isn't Bobcat this is the other guy <laughs> when I stopped I pulled up on my bike I turned off all my lights so I wasn't like blinding them and I said hey you guys what's going on 
And this is the response that I got. You, you claim that you're here to help people when you got a whole board of trustees back here and people like Bob who deserves way more than what the hell he's getting. If you're worried about crap going down here in the back, the back of your backyard, you will help us or not to get us back on our feet, man, because we can't do it alone. We need people like you who represent this goddamn town. Unless we have to be one of your kind to represent whatever's going on. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, Ruth, what the f are you gonna do about people like us being out on the f street and and your your multi-million dollar complex will make sure that we're safe in every when we're sleeping right here and knowing we could be attacked by a bear at any f minute. We don't care anyway because we're sleeping in our f beds back there. Just so you know, I want to tell you that I am recording this. It was suggested to me to me about by the division of community care. Just because broadcast it, Ruth, man. I'll smack that phone right out of your hand. Just because. Just because. Ruth, you're not untouchable, Ruth. You're not untouchable, and I'm here to tell you, I'm damn. You're not untouchable, and none of you pedal people are either. I just want to let you know because sometimes when you're in a calmer state, and I tell you that you said, Ruth. I'm giving you two seconds to back off. Not. I'm trying to spare your life right now. You need to go. You need to go, and I'll go about five seconds after you're gone. Parking your up your goddamn goddamn bed. I'll leave your goddamn property. But okay. right now, you need to go. That's a, that's you need a to deal. Go. What? Consider was... a threat or not? But you need to go. You consider whatever the. One considering considering gone. I'll be gone five seconds later as soon as you're halfway down the parkway. Call 911, I'll call them for you. The footsteps of me walking away. Multi million dollar complex. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so I walked away because that was a deal. That was a deal I couldn't pass up. If I was going to leave, then he would leave. Great. I don't have a problem with that. That's all I want. So I left, and maybe like 10 or 15 minutes later, I tiptoed back out there because he was still there being loud. I mean, sometimes you have to laugh at the absurdity of it, right? You said you were going to leave if I left. I thought this spot was for everybody. Batteries not included, right? Yeah, you had said in the past that if we ever wanted you to leave, they just ask you. So we wanted to ask you to leave for a week. For a week? Yeah. Was that all? Yeah. Alright. You know, just a professional courtesy. Uh, so, so, yeah, so he said that, and then I went back into the house. And then I went, came back out again another five, ten minutes later to see. Like, about ten minutes later, yeah, he was, he was getting himself together to go. And then he doesn't know I'm, I'm there. I'm just standing in my yard. And he says, as a professional courtesy, when he's, as he's getting his, all his things together.
So, yeah, we have some buckets of trash and recycling and stuff behind the bench that have kind of gotten to be a mess lately with so much traffic back there. And so he says, he says to Bobcat, as a professional courtesy, and every bucket of trash and stuff that he finds back there, he dumps it out. He dumps everything out behind the bench. And then I think he he either throws or kicks one of them away. And then the last thing he says before he, before he goes is, I feel better. And the tone of voice that he said that with, it sounded like he was about to cry. And, um, it, like, I, I play this on the air. Like, I, uh, why do I play this on the air? Because it's real life, I guess. And when this guy is in his normal, like, calm state, he's real chill. His friends stop by, all that. But, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? And what do you do? What do you do? I, oh, man, I just, I just hate it when people are whacked out under the influence of something. Anyway, he left last night, and it was a peaceful night. And I guess we'll see what happens in a week. I'm going to Kentucky for October. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> That's my housemate. You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. I'm your host, Ruthie. And next, what do we have here? I want to read this little clip that someone sent me. One of my coworkers sent me this clip from, it's an AP article. And the title is, Car makers are failing the privacy test. Owners have little or no control over data collected. It says, most major car manufacturers admit they may be selling your personal information, though they're vague on the buyers, a new study finds. And half say they would share it with the government or law enforcement without a court order. The proliferation of sensors in automobiles, from telematics to fully digitized control consoles, has made them prodigious data collection hubs. But drivers are given little or no control over the personal data their vehicles collect. Researchers for the nonprofit Mozilla Foundation said Wednesday in their latest Privacy Not Included survey. Talk about Privacy Not Included. That's what the whole last clip was. I was standing in my backyard, and he did give me, he did give me, the, the guy told me to go ahead and record it and play it over the air. Anyway, back to this uh, car makers are failing the security standards. The article goes on, but I'll read you a couple of highlights. Nissan says it can share, quote, inferences, inference, I say that word, inferences, I could read, but I can't talk, end quote, inferences drawn from the data to create profiles, quote, reflecting the consumer's preferences, characteristics, psychological trends, predispositions, behavior, Attitudes, intelligence, abilities, and aptitudes. Nissan says it can share inferences drawn from the data to create profiles reflecting all these things about a consumer. It was among six car companies that said they could collect, quote, genetic information, end quote, or genetic characteristics, end quote, the researchers found. Nissan also said it collected information on, quote, sexual activity, End quote. It didn't explain how. The all-electric Tesla brand scored high on Mozilla's creepiness index. If an owner opts out of data collection, Tesla's privacy notice says 
the company may not be able to notify drivers in real time of issues that could result in reduced functionality, serious damage, or inoperability. Next on out there, well, there will be Bike Lab tomorrow, Saturday the 23rd. And there will also be Bike Lab on Saturday the 30th, I think. And going into October, I expect to be in Kentucky, but I think there will be, there should be, there will be at least one Bike Lab in October, but you can check the Pedal People website for um, information. You want to learn to fix your bike? How to keep it tuned up so it's there for you when you need it? Or maybe you know already, but you just need to borrow a bike-specific tool that you don't have. Well, come to the Bike Lab. Almost every Saturday since 2004. From 11.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Here in Northampton at 12 Northern Avenue. Come with your bike or your questions. And your willing attitude. Spare part scavenger hunt every weekend. Vengan al Bike Lab de Northampton, el taller de bicicleta. Aprende a arreglar tu bicicleta y a divertirte. All repairs guaranteed to the end of the driveway. Details are online at pedalpeople.coop. That's the Saturday Bike Lab at 12 Northern Avenue. They say freedom isn't free, but at the Bike Lab it is. And next on out there, I have a unedited, fresh unedited clip still on my phone from a conversation with uh, Casey at Abundance Farm today for a project that the, what is it, Food Policy Council is getting together, collecting like food, like COVID food access stories or some kind of local food access stories or something like that. Casey's interviewing me, so I'm sorry if I say things that listeners already know here. Tell us about the pedal people, Ruthie. Well, it is a trash hauling business in Northampton that started in 2002. There's no municipal trash hauling in Northampton. It's all privatized. So if you live here, you can either take your trash and recycling yourself to a transfer center or contract out with a private hauler. Or if you, if you live in a big building, your landlord will take care of it. So we do curbside pickups of trash, recycling, compost, couches, or whatever people, people need moved or yeah, whatever people need moved. It's a 25, 26, 27 member worker cooperative, all worker owned. And you don't use a truck to use uh, pedals. You use your bodies to move this poundage, right? Yeah. Well, this little snippet of life and time and movement in, in, the, in, the, in consumer goods is done by bicycle. There, the rest of the life of the consumer goods from mining to trucking to the landfill is like truck 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 maybe rail and boat but for a few miles in Northampton we move it by bicycle hence the name pedal people now Ruthie is a pedal people person <laughs> rides on the bike trails a lot and the bike trails are slap full of food oh yeah tell us about some food oh yeah well today what did I get today that well, apple where did yeah you? it's late September right now I ate the apple already. Oh. <laughs> it's late September right now. And the apple we just ate was from a tree right downtown Northampton, right by the tunnel bar. Um, old, old apple tree dropping. It was like a gala apple about the size of a bigger in my fist. And didn't even have any bugs in it, probably because in such an urban environment, the bugs can't make it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's 
what else is there? I had some autumn olives today too. I also picked up some black walnuts. And, oh, the Kusa dogwood. Um, there's more, but that's what comes to mind right now. She did find a beach plum and she shared it with me, so mm. it was very special. And it's on the it's on the bike trail as well, isn't it? The, yeah, the that's part of the grow the help yourself plantings. This a group of friends called Help Yourself that got together. Mm, I think this was pre-COVID. Yeah, they've been around maybe like eight years or something. They've planted edibles all over the rail trail and in downtown Northampton, including beach plums, rose hips, uh, pears, Asian pears, European pears, apples, um, another kind of fruit. I can't think of it. It gets ripe in November. Persimmon? <laughs> no. It's an obscure thing, but let's the, delete that the part. <laughs> weird, the little weird apple that's between my building and Forbes, those little tiny strange apples. Kind of, yeah, I forget yeah, the They're name not of quite it. ready. They, no. In November, yeah. I forgot. But, I'm blanking on it, but. Well, yeah. the thing Ruthie and I have in common about food is that we glean it. We, you know, we use the leftovers and the butts and what people are not going to use. And she's had some pretty interesting finds. <laughs> and you know, we were talking about fruit, but I forgot to mention meat. Once I was oh, once right. I was coming up State Street, and actually, I found two roadkill squirrels. They were both fresh. Like the, it was the blood was still like bright red. They were very fresh. And so I picked them up and put them strapped into the back of my bike. And then later on down the block, I saw someone, and I was like, What am I going to do with two squirrels? And I was like, Hey, do you want a squirrel? It's fresh. And he looked. And he was like, uh, no thanks, uh, I only eat like free-range meat. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a free-range squirrel. <laughs> so you had two squirrels for dinner? Yep, yep, yep. Did I tell you my squirrel story? No. Oh, it's kind of a sad one, but it's true. I was with this man who was also a gleaner, and we were driving down the road, and you know how squirrels will dart out and dart back, you know, uh, yeah, back and forth? Yeah. I'm driving really slow. He says, don't hit that, that fox squirrel. Godly, don't hit that little baby fox squirrel. I'm creeping, creeping. I'm not going to hit the fox squirrel. I hit the fox squirrel. Oh. He got so angry. Oh. We have got to get him home and cook him right now. <laughs> so I took him home <laughs> and, you know, butchered him and ate him. And I actually smoked him on the smoker with apricots and wood chips. He was good. Wow. He was a good yeah. squirrel. Yeah. But well, that reminds me of the apple I was eating today. I had one of these. I had one of these apples here from Abundance that I had taken to work with me, and I was working at one of the transfer centers today, where it's just a sea of asphalt, and I'm um, just surrounded by asphalt. And I bit into the apple. Really yummy apples here, like golden delicious or something like that. And then out crawled a worm out of the court area where I had bitten, and I thought, do I throw this worm in the middle of the hot asphalt to bake or do I eat it? What's the most humane thing? So I ate it. Of course you did. <laughs> but there were, another time I was having an apple, I was collecting apples right here on the street in front of Abundance and a friend walked by and I said, hey, you want an apple? And he looked at me and he was like, you eat those? And I said, yeah, they're good. And he's, I said, you want one? And he said, no, I get mine from the store. And it makes me think that I think there's people are so trained by the expectations around store-bought 
store-bought fruit that looks perfect, that they have fears that something's not safe when it doesn't look perfect? Well, I think from what all she said, we've said it's obvious that the pandemic hasn't really affected our, <laughs> our food. I mean, we were doing this before the pandemic, so. Yeah, it seemed like in the spring of 2020, when COVID first hit, that the streets were so quiet and, it, and the air was cleaner than it had been. It seemed to me like the pollinators were out in full force. There were so many fruits. There were so many fruits the summer of 2020. And I don't know if it was related to that or not, but it was such a bountiful year. Yeah. Yeah. Also, another reason I don't feel like I suffer from food insecurity is that being a trash hauler, like being a trash hauler, I see so much that's thrown away and I have hands-on access to it. I'm a very trash hauler that personally handles all this trash as I'm putting it into my bicycle trailer totes and I handle it repeatedly even though it's a waste of energy in a sense, but then I end up can't help but notice and stuff. Should I, do you want to hear about the fat back? Uh, <laughs> let's save it to the end. This I the fat back story is a little disturbing, y'all. So I'm going to protect you. Um, I was kind of, uh, I was going to, you distracted me. Um, let's see. Now, this is, has anything changed for you during the pandemic? Or people might be tossing more food or? Ironically, in the position that I'm in on the food chain, I feel like people are tossing more food here because there was such an effort during the pandemic to make sure people didn't go hungry in Northampton. And so in many cases, people were getting more than they needed. Like they'd get a weekly box of canned produce or can't, sorry, they'd get a weekly box of canned food plus things like, like potatoes, apples, oranges. And so I had friends who were giving me leftovers from their COVID food distribution box. And also I would see, occasionally I would see in the trash, like literally the trash, just like cans of food in the trash because people are like, it keeps coming to me and I can't store it in my apartment anymore. My apartment's too small. It's just like the, it, the, dis, the distribution of wealth and resources is just makes your mind want to explode. I, I it's mentioned that and when I first got here, but right, right before the pandemic, I was thinking, there's so much food here, so much food. How am I gonna get to Mississippi? They need dogs up, up here. If I can take food to Mississippi, I can bring back a bunch of dogs. <laughs> and I hadn't figured it out yet. But in the meantime, under my bed is enough food to feed a family for six months of canned goods that may expire before I ever get into them because I like fresh. So there, yeah, this is, um, it's just it's kind of uh, odd that Hampshire County and I haven't been to all the points in Hampshire County, but yeah. it's very food wealthy, very yeah. food wealthy. Yeah. Let's talk about the garden, the garden flood. Oh, so in July, the Mill River in Florence and other places, I guess, over its banks and the Northampton, the Florence Community Gardens, the Grow Food Community Gardens flooded and so, from what I understand, a representative from the, the State Department of Agriculture, I think, came out and walked through and advised them and said, essentially, there's been E. coli, there could be like toxins from old factories that this has been flooded, that could be in the water that flooded this land, so you shouldn't eat any produce 
or anything from this garden until next season. And so that was the most baffling thing I'd heard because I thought that was why you, I thought that why you, you plant things in the floodplain because that's the water brings the loam and the fertile soil and stuff on in. And uh, like, can't you like with E. coli, can't you like wash things and boil them and cook them and all that? Well, it was just kind of bizarre considering how in other places around the world, how they would deal with a flood. And it was also like presented as a worst case potential scenario instead of, as I understand it, as I, don't, as I understand it, it wasn't like actually tested in the soil for heavy metals and stuff. I could be mistaken, but anyway, that's all I'll say for that. That was the interview with me and Casey Chapman from the Food Policy Council. I'm not sure what, how local, regional, what that council is. That was for us some an archived edition, an archive, something they're going to put on archives. And Johan from Holyoke Media was there recording. You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening today. Stay tuned for Democracy Now! coming up at 5 o'clock. Also, Civil Politics 7 to 8, Subculture 8 to 10, and Table of Contents 10 to Midnight with Mark Bovee.